You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. Turn the heat up. Stop, stop, Welcome to episode 11 of the Think 180 podcast. This is Chris Baker from Inc. 180 Ministry in Oswego, Illinois, joined as always by producer Kyle Craning. Hey, hey. Um, what a week. What a week. Um, before we get into it, though, uh, we have a special announcement. We're very excited to announce that Kyle's wife had uh, given birth to their baby girl, Kelsey. So congratulations are in order. Thank you very much. And um, in honor of... You having your baby, your wife having your baby, I am getting extra sleep for both of you. <laughs> Thank you. So My uh, wife will appreciate it very much. <laughs> so you guys are definitely blessed. So congratulations. We're really happy for you guys. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, everything went well and uh, everyone's doing great. Couldn't awesome. ask for a more perfect situation. Awesome. So now you have a son and a daughter. And I would like to say done. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> might have to censor that. Yeah, right. The, the yeah. wife uh, would not appreciate that, but she knows I like to joke around and give her a good time about that. Yeah, I did the same thing, and then I had a third. Yeah, it's like, we know, <laughs> one, one at a time, we'll go from there. Yeah, no doubt, right? Well, we're happy everything went went, uh, went great, and, and uh, hope everything continues to, and we're excited right. for you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess now on to something completely different. Um, what a week, man. We, uh, this week we had experienced the worst mass shooting in United States history. And it, sound, it seems like we say that way too often. And I was talking to a bunch of people this week and, you know, a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of emotions. Um, I think we all just kind of felt lost and, uh, you know, a lot of us ran that gamut of emotions, the, the anger, the shock, the, the sadness, the, you know, like, what do we do now thing? Um, and again, like so many of these types of things, it generated a lot of, uh, discussion on Facebook, a lot of debate, a lot of ugliness between people, of course, um, which makes it even worse. Mm hmm. Uh, if you if you can imagine making a mass killing worse, but it's just it's another thing that's divided the country in in a major way. Like, you know, I I really enjoy having productive conversations with people that I disagree with. I really do enjoy it, as long as it remains a productive conversation. Man, so many people just took it way too far, and um. But we're gonna I guess we're gonna we're just gonna talk about it today, and um kind of my perspective on it and, and what we think about it, what we saw. But, you know, when this happened, it, it happened late Sunday night at a country concert and, and um, in Vegas off the strip. And I've stayed at the Mandalay Bay several times back when I lived in California and used to go to Vegas a lot more. Um, we stayed at the Mandalay Bay quite a bit. And to, uh, to think that something like this would happen, it, I mean, it just, it, I don't know why it shocks us because we've seen the worst of the worst of humanity in the last few years, but of course, you know, none of us saw it coming. So 
Um, but you know, of, of course the media jumps all over it right away. And it's like, well, was this a, a ter- Muslim terrorist? Well, no, it was a rich white dude mm-hmm. from Vegas, right. you know? Oh, well then, you know, was he tied to a militia group or a neo-Nazi group? Well, doesn't look like it. Um, you know, did he have some anti-government, you know, manifesto or it? Nope, nothing. Right. No note, no messages, no social media, no nothing. And, um, it was, it was just kind of crazy to think about it. You know, um, a lot of things don't make sense. It just, it's not what you would think of when you think of a mass shooting happening, um, in the past. It's just, you know, these guys, they have the movie theater shooting the, all the, all these, these people who commit these acts of violence, um, it just didn't seem to match up. And I think that's why a lot of us were also kind of even more, um, heightened about it. Uh, just freaking out because it's like, this is just like one of our neighbors, you know, it could have been anybody. Um, but <laughs> You know, of course, you had immediately you had both sides of the gun debate jump all over each other. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about that. I. I have a I have I don't know where I'm at at on on the whole thing. I'm a gun owner. Okay, I I own a gun. I own a nine millimeter Glock pistol. Um, I've received eight death threats since I started this ministry in 2011. I have my gun to protect me and protect my family. And I pray to God, I never ever have to use it to defend myself. I hope I only need it to, to go to the range and put holes in paper, you know? Uh, and, but if I do need it, God forbid, I do have it and I'm trained how to use it. Um, I, I had an experience when I was down in Texas a couple of years ago and I went to a gun range with a bunch of friends and, they had a they had some some pretty high powered weapons on the wall. They had an AR fifteen, AK forty seven, stuff like that. And the uh, the owner of the range was like, "Yeah, you want to try this AR 15 And I I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll try it." I picked up this gun. He showed me how to fire it. I shot one bullet from that AR fifteen, and I very gently placed it back down on the table. Um, here, here's my personal <laughs> position. And, and if you, you have a different opinion, that's okay, guys. Like I'm not, I'm not here to get into a crazy debate about, uh, you know, assault rifles, automatic rifles, semi-automatic automatic rifles. I'm not a military guy. I'm not a cop. I don't probably know as much as you do about those guns. So here, here's my, my own personal view on it. Nobody that's not military or a cop needs that kind of firepower. Now, I, I, with that being said, I have a lot of friends who own AR-15s, and um, they'll they'll probably call me and, and rip me up one side and down the other. But this this whole situation, um, apparently, at least my understanding of it, the situation in Vegas was people were like, "Oh, these were automatic rifles." No, they weren't automatic rifles. They were semi-automatic rifles that were rigged with a piece of equipment called a bump stock which basically uses the recoil to automatically reload and, and makes the gun um, perform like an automatic weapon. Okay, so that's how this guy was able to fire off hundreds and hundreds of rounds in a very short period of time. Um, it was crazy to me as, uh, as a person who goes to a lot of concerts with my kids 
it scared the hell out of me. Um, because we, you know, especially Tyler and I, we go to a lot of concerts together. He's a musician. So that's our thing. That's what we do. We don't, we don't go to football games. We go to concerts and, um, just to see how vulnerable people really are at a concert was pretty scary because we do go to a lot of these festival type shows. Um, the media came out the other day and said, um, that this, this man that, committed this heinous crime was um, he had booked rooms at the Blackstone Hotel here in Chicago, which is overlooking Grant Park, which is where Lollapalooza is held for the weekend of Lollapalooza. So this guy had planned to do a similar act at Lollapalooza where they estimate there's 400,000 fans. Mm -hmm. And this hotel looks directly over the park where it takes place. And it, I mean, I can't even imagine if he had done that, um, you know, it, of course I'm not, I'm not diminishing because the concert that he was firing into was 20,000 people as opposed to 400,000. He killed 58 people and wounded over 500 more. And it's, it's devastating. But can you imagine had he had that same equipment overlooking Lollapalooza with 400,000 people packed in like sardines with nowhere to go? I mean, where do you run? Yeah, through downtown Chicago, right. you know, and that, that's a long sprint, huge, terrible huge to even sprint. think of. Like, what would you do? Like, it, it's huh. terrifying to even picture yourself there. Well, the people, so you have the people that would be wounded from the gunfire alone, and then right. all the people that'd be trampled trying to get out of that right. place. I mean, it just it scared the heck out of me because my daughter Mackenzie, my 19 year old, she goes to Lollapalooza every year. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes all four days and, and has a great time. Yeah. I had conversations with all of them, with my family and they're like, well, this, you know, how this changes a lot of things. I said, yeah, it changes a lot of things. I said, but it doesn't mean we're not going to go to concerts anymore. What are you going right. to, you can't live in fear either. Right. That's the point of, you know, that's part of the point of a lot of these incidents or a lot of these massacres is, to scare people from doing something yeah. or for being something and a ton of other stuff, but yeah, totally I, changes everything. Yeah. And it, you know, <clears throat> people that were like, Oh, this, this doesn't appear to be a terrorist act. I'm like, how do you say that? Of course it's a terrorist right. act. Everybody's scared. Just because they're white doesn't mean it's not exactly. a terrorist act. It's this guy has committed a domestic terrorist act. Right. You know, he doesn't have to look like Al Qaeda <laughs> to be terrorists. Right. I mean, you know, it, it changed our world forever, just mm-hmm. like a lot of other things, you know, like all these other attacks, you know, of course, nine 11 changed our world. It just, it, it's crazy to think, you know, we, we think that we have this like false sense of security because we live in the United States and, you know, it's, we don't live in a third world country and stuff doesn't happen. Like this stuff happens way too much. Right. And it's not from the outside in anymore. It's from from the inside, yeah, yeah. attacking the inside. And it's it's a guy who appeared to be just like a regular guy, you know, mm-hmm. wealthy guy, owned private planes, is a big time gambler, I guess, like high dollar gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people were were kind of getting after the Mandalay Bay, and like, why <laughs> didn't anybody see him? 
carrying these guns up to his room because they were in suitcases. Right. And have you seen these? Have you been in? Have these people been inside any of those hotels? Right. Do you know how massive they are and how They're many elevator huge. banks and staircases? Oh, yeah. It's like you could easily go in and out of there, spend a week there unnoticed. Yeah. And he carried these guns and ammunition in there in suitcases over a three-day period. Mm-hmm. So you get one of those valet carts and you load up a couple bags a day here and right. there, bring up a, and like, Looks like nobody's going to know. Ton of hundred, a ton of hundred other people doing the same thing day in, day out there. Right. And you, you hang the do not disturb sign on your door. Maid service won't come in. They, right. you know, nobody's going to know. Literally people want like mandatory, like timed pat downs or room checks now. Well, that's what they're, they were suggesting on the news the other night. I was, I was wondering the same exact thing. And they were saying, well, you know, now do hotels have to have bag scanners like they do at the airport? I'm like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to incur that cost. And right. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. That's, Um, you know, I think that's, I don't want to get too political, but mm -hmm. I, I see the argument for both sides. I see the argument for gun control and I see the argument for gun rights. Yeah. But I think it needs, it needs to be seriously updated. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I do see both sides of it, too. I'm not harsh on a harsh stance one side or the other right. by any means. But here here's one part of it. And I do believe this. OK, this, this thing with these bump stocks, I had never heard of them until this incident. OK, um, but from what I do know, they don't need to be around. And it, <laughs> right. from, by all rights of what I've seen, politicians, kind of, and Paul Ryan uh, made a statement the other day and said these things have to go. And he's a gun rights advocate right okay um so if those guys are saying and i i'm don't quote me on this but i want to say that i heard something that even the nra was saying yeah bump stocks probably don't need to be legal um so those will probably be gone um but those things i watched the news last night before i crashed out and they were saying that those things are flying off the shelves Mm -hmm. people are have them up on ebay and uh, the, these devices went for like 150 bucks, brand new at the store. People are auctioning them off for like 2,500 bucks oh, on eBay. Nothing like making a profit off of a massacre, right? That's like the new American way, Jeez. though, isn't it? It's see, that's a problem, though. It's with it, almost everybody. It's reactionary. Yeah. yeah. Before something's done, right? Like they didn't think that. Yeah, you probably don't need to. That these don't need to be legal before. I'm sure they had that same opinion, but uh, let's just leave it alone. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. So no. what's what's going to be the next piece? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know the other thing I, I've heard I've heard some pretty compelling arguments for both sides of the whole gun rights thing. You know, um, people that want to outlaw, let's say, like assault rifles, mm-hmm. for for example, right? Uh, or AR-15s or whatever, whatever gun we're talking about. Um, those people will argue against the second amendment saying, um, well, when the second amendment was written, we didn't have semi-automatic rifles. They had muskets and it took you five minutes to load and you know, one bullet. Yeah. Right. And and I'm like, yeah, I can see that. And you know, on the other side, the, the guys who are against gun control, they're like, no, the second amendment is the second amendment. Right. So I, I get it. Um, but I, I, Here's the thing um, with situations like this, in my opinion, gun control is a a piece of the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But this guy bought all of his guns legally. Right. He passed a background check. Yep. 
um, and bought them from legal gun dealers, yep. not not from some dude in back alley in Chicago. All right. You know, don't get me. Well, we may talk about that, too. But, <laughs> um, you know, this guy bought all of his guns legally. Um, I think, you know, I think mental illness plays a much bigger role in this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've seen um, mass murders, uh, terrorist attacks using things other than guns. We've seen knife attacks in London. We've seen people ramming a truck into a crowd in France. And we, you know, it, um, you know, yes, the guns were definitely used and they, they're an issue for sure. But what was going on in this dude's mind? And I, I posted that on some of my social media stuff this week. And a lot of people came after me and they're like, he wasn't crazy. I'm like, how, you have to be you have to have right. something going on in your mind that says I'm going to rent a room at the Mandalay Bay on the 32nd floor of the hotel. I'm going to set up a gun perch and I'm going to just randomly fire 23 weapons that I've rigged up to fire as automatic rifles. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to shoot hundreds of rounds of of bullets into this crowd of 20,000 people of families of you know innocent folks watching a country music festival concert in Las Vegas. Yeah. A normal person doesn't do that. No. And and let, let me just say this to you guys, you know this. If you've listened to any of my podcast episodes before, you know I've dealt with my own issues with re- related to mental illness. I've dealt with depression, anxiety, all this stuff, it's nothing new to me, okay? So I'm not trying to say dude was Looney Tunes. I'm just saying he had something going on. Totally. There was something going That's on. That's not a normal thing to do or think. Right. And he had, the fact that in, he had planned this out, mm-hmm. okay? This wasn't something that he just had a bad day and dude snapped. <laughs> right. He's been planning this out and, mm-hmm. and other attacks like it. Uh, like I mentioned, the whole Lollapalooza thing. Um, there was also reports that he had looked into hotels overlooking Fenway Park in Boston um, mm. that had a clear vision of path into the, the Fenway Park. Um, this guy's been looking for something to do. Right. And this was his opportunity. He, there was also published reports that the week before he was looking, there was a Chance the Rapper and Lord concert in okay. Vegas that he was targeting as well. Jeez. Right. And, and I'll tell you what, if, if that had happened, if he had done this at the chance the rapper concert, Oh, he was a, he's a racist. Right. He's just trying to kill black people. Race of motive. This is a rap concert. Right. Right. Um, this dude was planning this out. He was methodical. He sent away his, he sent his girlfriend away to the Philippines like a week and a half, two weeks before. Um, and, said, oh, I found you a cheap ticket to go home and visit your family. So he sent her back to the Philippines. Um, and that way he didn't have anybody getting in his way. Right. This dude had planned this out, which also leads me to the fact that he had some serious type of mental, mental illness going on. Right. He had gambled away, or he had gambled tens of thousands of dollars in the weeks prior to the attack. Um, the night before... He committed this act. He had prostitutes up to his hotel room. Just all this stuff you know, is coming out, and he clearly didn't care, right? You know about his life. He, I think, he probably knew. You know, I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna die, right? Totally. Uh, I mean, he 
according to all the reports, um, he took his own life. He, he was dead when the cops busted into the room. Um, but why aren't we, I mean, we've talked about it. Certainly we've talked about mental illness and different disorders. And of course we'll continue to do that. But, um, I, I think that's the bigger, the bigger factor. Of course, the guns were a symptom of it. And the fact that he had access to all that stuff. A lot of people say, well, why not limit someone's access to how many guns they can buy, how much ammunition they can buy? Um, these are all questions that are going to be discussed in the months here afterwards. Um, but it's just a sad situation. It's a, it's a terrible situation. Um, you know, I don't know what the answer is. People, a lot of people, I, I don't know why people look to me to have the answers. <laughs> I'm just a dumb tattoo artist who loves Jesus guys. But, um, I, you know, I think mental illness, is certainly an issue. I think some of the, you know, a lot of the gun issues, certainly contributing factor. Um, but there was a, I think a lot going on within this guy that, that made him do what he did. Um, one of the things though, I, one, I, one thing that I would love to see happen. Uh, well, I guess I don't want to have to deal with this at all, but, if these types of situations happen in the future, like my question is why do we, why do we put this guy's face up on TV 5,000 times a day and say his name 20,000 times a day and, you know, notarize, you know, make this guy notorious, um, for what he did. I mean, of course, you know, we as a public, I think we have this, this need to know who did it, who was he, what was he, where was he from? All that kind of stuff. But I think that's giving these guys what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they have something going on within them. They commit this act. They're like, I'm going to go out like, in a blaze of glory and be notorious. And people are going to remember my name for decades right? for what I, you know, what I did. And I'm like, well, why don't we just stop doing that? Oh, it's, it's terrible. You know, I mean, it, it's number one, you know, it's, gets you to stay on that channel. Yeah. It gets you to, you know, keep watching that channel. It gets you to click articles. I can't tell you how many articles popped up yesterday on my phone from the news app on my iPhone that said, you know, maybe the shooter did this, or maybe the shooter was thinking this, or he could have done this. He could have done that, like type articles to get yeah. you to click. It's like, well, no crap. He could have done hundreds of different Situate. He could have caused mass hysteria a ton of ton of different ways, right? But he didn't. He did it one way. So why post articles like that? Yeah. Well, that between that and all the conspiracy theory articles, you know, oh right. there there was sh there were shots fired from the sixth floor too, and nobody's talking about okay. that. And Those blah, people blah, blah. can just stop. Like guys, come on! Like seriously. Like right. I'm, I'm done with all that Stop. conspiracy. There's always a conspiracy theory, you know, Oh, the government did it. The CIA did it just like they did G you know, JFK. I'm like, what in the heck are you talking about? Like, I, I don't know. So I, you know, my, one of my things, and then <laughs> this is probably not realistic because of the, you know, we all know how the media works. Um, they, they, yeah, their favorite tagline is if it bleeds, it leads man. And they, mm -hmm. They love to be the first one to get that info out there, even if it's wrong. Yeah, and I'm not, believe me, I'm not going fake news on you, but um, 
it's just it's obscene it's crazy like i don't want to see this dude's face anymore just like i don't want to see timothy mcveigh's face Mm -hmm. and i don't want to see you know the the clown that shot up the movie theater and you know the columbine kids i don't want to see their face nightclub you know yeah i don't want to see those people um just like i don't want to see the people that flew planes into the twin towers and you know all that like why aren't we celebrating the lives of the people who were cut short and and talk about the all the heroes and of course you know the media does do that they have been you know later in the week now they're talking to a lot of the the cops the first responders the Mm -hmm. just the regular joes out there that were helping get people to safety and all that and and that's cool that's what i want to see like let's talk about that let's talk about the good that rose up from that and you know the good in the people that rose up from that Um, certainly nothing good from this situation but I um I went on and I posted uh I, I put a post up on the Ink 180 Facebook page on my personal page too that said that because I had a lot of people like we always seem to whenever we have a, a horrible situation and you know be it the hurricanes or a mass shooting or any kind of disaster uh, that we're faced with terrorist act whatever they're like well if God was so great where was God at when this happened, why didn't God stop it? You know, why didn't God stop 58 people from getting killed and the, you know, the other 500 plus people from getting shot. And I'm like, guys, here's the deal. Okay. God is great. Okay. I love Jesus. I'm all in. Okay. Nobody will. I don't think anybody could question my faith. They, they hear me talk about it. They see me live it out. They see how we act it out. And our faith is strong. Okay. Here, here's my take on this situation for the people that say, where was God? Why didn't God stop this? You know, if God is so great, blah, blah, blah. God is amazing. God is powerful. But you know what else is powerful? Satan. Evil is equally powerful. Not equally powerful. But Satan is very powerful. Okay. As somebody who's dealt with spiritual attack for the last seven years, I get it. Satan is evil. Um, he's not creative. It's the same old thing again. Let's, let's, it's evil. Let's kill some people. And, you know, he, he, it's nothing new under the sun to Satan, right? But here's, here's what I say. Here was my reaction to it. And I got um, some nice comments about it, and I got ripped by other people. And you know what? I don't care. This is my opinion. God was there, okay? God was there in everyone that stepped up, Every first responder, every cop, every concert goer that helped carry somebody to a truck, random people who let injured, you know, wounded, bleeding people into their cars to take them to hospitals, to the pastors that sat with families in the hospital waiting area, to people that helped reunite families who were separated when this happened. Um, to the hotel folks, the security folks at the Mandalay Bay who helped identify where this shooter was perched on the 32nd floor of a hotel so it would stop to get the police there to, to end the threat. To everyone, every doctor, every nurse, every care f- uh, facility aide, um, every surgical tech who handed scalpels to a surgeon to help save somebody's life, to all the people who donated blood. God was there, okay? The people that gave comfort to those who were hurting this week across this country and across the world, God was there, okay? So 
So we got to stop this if God was so great, okay? If you don't have faith, you don't believe in faith, come talk to me, okay? And and I'm not here to preach at you. I'm not, you know, I'm not your pastor. I'm not your priest. Uh, I'm just a guy who loves Jesus, and, and this is how I see it. God was there, okay? God was there. And you know what God is going to do in this too? He's going to bring people together. People are trying to use this to divide us further, if you can even imagine. Like I, we were talking a couple weeks ago with the whole hurricane thing and the pro-government, anti-government response. You know, it's like a wedge has been formed to split this country in two, and that's evil too. But you know what? God's going to bring it together. He's going to drive that wedge out and bring us together. We just need to continue to be him, be his hands and feet in the, the midst of this tragedy um, because people are hurting. I'm hurting. My kids are hurting. My, I've talked to so many clients this week that are like, I can't even get my head around it. And, and you know what? That's good. We shouldn't be able to get our hand around it, our head around it. Um, it's, a, it's a horrible thing that we're, we shouldn't be able to fathom. Um, but God was there. God is here right now. And we just need to keep being, being there for people. Um, we've got some great friends in Vegas. We, you know, of course, I've talked about Central Church and um, Pastor Sean Williams, great friend of mine, um, and Judd Wilhite, the pastor there too. They've, of course, they've been working nonstop this week, and um, they had an awesome worship service at Central Church on Monday night that you can actually, I think you can still catch it online. They filmed it and everything. I mean, they had... They had people that were victims of the shooting in the front row the day after. Um, they had, I think, 5,000 people at their church that night. And those, those guys, their whole teams, I mean, it's not just the, the two of them, but their whole team and, and other churches, too, have really been the community out there. They've been there with people. They've helped provide resources. And the hotels have stepped up and given families free hotel stays while their family's in the hospital. and. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been um, refreshing, I guess, is the word to use to see people step up and and help strangers. And, you know, it's just. I don't know, I'm still I, I guess I still just feel pretty numb from the whole thing, you know, trying to wrap my head around it a little bit. We've got this weekend, you know, of course, in Chicago, we've got the Chicago Marathon this weekend. And I don't know how many thousands of people are running that. Um, I know a lot of my friends are running it. Right. My friend, Steven uh, Rexroth was here. He's a Chicago guy, but he's uh, moved out to Seattle a couple of years ago, but he, uh, he runs marathons every year. A lot of them for uh, team world vision. So he's out here with his girlfriend, Laura, and he's running the marathon. Um, they came down the other night just to catch up and we were talking about it and they're like, how do you protect the thousands of people who are going to run through the city, mm-hmm. you know, 26 miles, more and more people run every year, every year. Yeah. It sells out. Like you can't even, like if I wanted to run it, I couldn't even get a, a ticket for it. It's right. crazy. But, uh, I don't know. We, uh, we push on, we do whatever we can to, you know, protect ourselves as much as we can. I don't know what the answers are going to be. And we're certainly going to see a lot of, Talk about gun control. We're going to see these bump stock devices outlawed, I'm sure, in a matter of days. That won't take long. Um, I don't know. 
it's uh we're all hurting we all need to be there for people though and and that's that's my answer to people that have asked like what can i do i'm like just be there for somebody your kids are hurting your friends are hurting you're hurting don't forget to take care of yourself too we'll pray nothing happens here this weekend with the marathon of course as we always do um pray for the safety of all the runners all those that are helping out with it uh facilitated it's a lot of people in a uh pretty tight space at times so also we you know of course we got the cubs in the the playoffs and they're coming back home they've got a game monday so of course um every cop in chicago is going to be working double shifts probably and you know private security is going to be stepped up but you know we we have to stay vigilant but you know we have to we have to continue to just be there for people um, i'm hoping to get out to vegas as soon as possible i have some some cover up work i have to do uh, for some folks that I started and a couple of new folks at Central. So I'm hoping I can get out there and help in any way that I can. But it, it's just a blessing to be able to see what Sean and, and Judd and the folks at Central and all the other churches are doing. But uh, just pray for the safety of all the events going on across the country because this is something that's, you know, it's unfortunately it's our new normal. So we have to be vigilant. We have to um, just plan accordingly to take extra time when we're going places and Whatever it takes to keep people safe, we're going to have to do that. Uh, but we'll definitely be talking more about this as, as things develop with the, the changes that are, are definitely going to be coming with the bump stock laws and all that stuff and the guns and, and, and everything. And as more things come out about this situation, of course, I'm sure we'll be talking about it too. All right. Uh, just a couple of announcements here before we close things out. Um, <laughs> This week, actually Tuesday, was the sixth anniversary of the, the Inc. 180 ministry. And we were excited, man. We had a whole week th- of things planned uh, to kind of commemorate it and look back and uh, see how things have changed over the last six years and you know how God's brought us to where we're at. But in the wake of things that happened in Vegas on Sunday night, we didn't feel it was right to celebrate this week, and we decided to postpone that until this week um, just to take a breather and and be in prayer for the situation in in Vegas. So we wanted to be respectful of that. Um, So this week we'll, we'll be um, putting some things out about that, talking about the the past, present and future of the Inc. 180 ministry. We've got some exciting things coming up. Um, My little sister, Courtney is going to be in town next week and uh, I'm going to have her on the podcast with us. So it'd be great. She's, uh, she's awesome. We, uh, it took us all these years to get along better, but uh, now she's always been awesome. She's uh, I'm really proud of her. She's uh, graduating from nursing school here in, in uh, a few months. So she's here and uh, we're going to celebrate her being here and talk to her and, and her wife a little bit. And um, also on, oh, I don't know what day of the week, Tuesday, November 7th at 6.30 p.m. I'll be at my Half the Sky Coffee House in Wheaton. Uh, they're a great coffee uh, coffee shop that helps do things to raise money to help those that um, are struggling after uh, coming out of human trafficking. And uh, they invited me to come out. They're gonna, I guess, they're gonna show my documentary Inc. 180 here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm gonna go out there on uh, the seventh of November at 6:30. It's open to the public. No tickets required. Just show up. Let's have a cup of coffee and talk. I'm gonna do. Uh, a brief talk about what's going on with the ministry, what we do. And then of course we'll do a Q and a, I'd love to answer your questions, meet you, uh, give you a hug, shake your hand, whatever. So uh, come join us out there. We're excited about that. And uh, next week, 
Um, we're going to do some things a little different. We're going to have my sister on uh, with her wife, Delana, and we're going to be talking to them. We're also going to be talking about the anniversary of the ministry, and we're excited about what's going on. Um, hopefully, we'll just have a little bit more time between now and then to shake the cobwebs out because I feel a little bit discombobulated, I guess. It's just like a lot of us, you know. Um, it's affected me. It's affected us all. I, I think that it has to affect us. And um, I'm looking forward to another week of thinking and praying and digging deeper into what's going on around me. And uh, I was going to talk a little bit today about gun violence in Chicago. I just don't have it in me. So we'll save that for another day because we've, uh, we, we had uh, a couple of our friends that were shot this last week and I just, I can't right now. So guys, I would just like to uh, close this out by asking you to pray, pray for those around you, pray for your family, pray for those in Vegas. Um, God was there. God is there now. And uh, he's going to do some amazing things to bring this country back together. And that's what we need right now. You guys have a blessed week. We love y'all. Take care.